Hello and welcome. This is Pastor Terry, and I'd like to welcome you to my Bible study podcast. This daily podcast is a place where we take the teachings of Scripture seriously, but ourselves, not so much. Join us as we dive into the sacred word of the Bible, and each time we read, we pray, we change the world. Welcome to Pastor Terry's Bible Study Podcast. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to today's podcast. It is Wednesday, August the 23rd, 2023, and we are in Galatians chapter 3 today as we continue um, tracking through the New Testament this year and uh, currently in the book of Galatians. Hope you're having a good week. Thanks for joining us today. Let's dive in, see what the Lord has to say to us today. You know what we do. We read, we pray. We change the world. Let's see. Galatians chapter 3. You foolish Galatians. Well, that's a nice way to start. Good morning, everybody. Welcome. You foolish Galatians. Well, yeah, Paul's not happy with the Galatians and their um, how quick they were to return to legalism. So, you foolish Galatians. Who has bewitched you? Remember that old show, Bewitched? I used to watch that as a kid. Who has bewitched you? Before your very eyes, Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed as crucified. I would like to learn just one thing from you. He's being a little sarcastic. You can feel that. I'd just like to learn one thing from you. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law? or by believing what you heard. Hmm. So now uh, Paul is, uh, again, he's making an argument against legalism. So he's saying, let me ask you something. When Did you receive the Spirit of Christ based on your works of the law, based on your good works, based on the your how religious you were, that you had to climb a religious ladder, and once you got to a certain rung of the spiritual ladder, that's when you received the Spirit? Is that how that worked? Or did you receive the Spirit when you heard about Jesus? <laughs> ding, 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 ding. That's how. <laughs> you re- it wasn't based on your religious works. It wasn't based on climbing a ladder of uh, spiritual superiority. And once you hit a certain level, you received the gift of the Spirit. No, 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 no. That's not how it works. You received the gift of the Spirit when you heard about Jesus, about when you uh, received uh, Him by faith. Verse 3, are you so foolish? After beginning by means of the Spirit, are you now trying to finish by means of the flesh? Hmm. It's a reminder that our walk with Jesus is by faith from start to finish. It's based on faith. It's not based on um, our works. See, some people think we're saved by grace, but we keep our salvation by works, and that isn't true. Like Jesus freely saves us, not by our works, but we got to work to keep our salvation. No, 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 no. That's not true. We don't work. We don't. We don't. We aren't. Uh, we don't. We don't work to get our salvation, and we don't work to keep our salvation. It's all by grace. Hmm. Because sometimes you know when you get some. Sometimes religious people get very strict. Come on, you know it. They'd be getting real strict, and 
you know, if you don't keep their uh, strict religious laws and rules, then are you are you really a Christian? Well, yeah, well, I mean, I became a Christian by by grace, and I'm going to stay a Christian by grace. I'm not going to switch over to the works plan when the works plan didn't save me. <laughs> oh, Maybe that's good news for you today, to be reminded that your works didn't save you, and your works ain't going to keep you saved. It's grace from start to finish. So you can walk in his grace. And that's what was bothering Paul with the Galatians, is they were they were being um, weighted down by these religious people who were demanding that they keep all these religious laws. And Paul's reminding them, remember what saved you? It was grace. What gave you the Spirit? Grace. So you're, why do you want to try to finish something with works that was started with grace? Paul uses the words flesh and spirit. After beginning by means of the Spirit, are you now trying to finish by means of the flesh? Have you experienced so much in vain? You're so vain. You probably think the song is about you. Anyway. Is it really in vain? So I ask you, does God give you his spirit and work miracles among you by the works of the law or by your believing what you heard? Hmm. So now he's not only talking about the Holy Spirit and the receiving of the Holy Spirit by grace, not by works. I'm not saying even the miracles. The miracles that Jesus is doing, not, only, not the least of which is the miracle of salvation and being and filling people with the Holy Spirit, but also other uh, supernatural miracles. Are those based on religious works? No. It's based on grace. All through the Bible, people came to Jesus, um, and he performed miracles. And, and it was none of it was based on how much religious things they had done. It was based on their faith. I'm reminded of, of the uh, guys who brought their friend, lowered him through the roof to be in the presence of Jesus because there was no room around Jesus for him, them to get to him. So they literally climbed up on the roof with their friend who was, uh, who was, who was paralyzed, who was lame, lowered him through the roof to be in the presence of Jesus. That man didn't do anything super religious to get healed. He just entered. He just was in the presence of Jesus. He believed, they believed that Jesus could heal him and it says that your faith has made him well. Your faith, not your works, your faith. And so many other, really, so many other examples in the Bible, right? So also Abraham believed God, verse 6, and it was credited to him as righteousness. So Abraham followed the Lord, um, and that, that act of faith in trusting that God had his best interest in mind, that God knew what he was doing, was credited as righteousness, the faith, the trust. Understand then that those who have faith are children of Abraham. Hmm. So Paul is uh, speaking here. He's, he's drawing a distinction between He's challenging the Jewish thought that what makes someone truly a child, a son or a daughter of Abraham was whether they were circumcised or not or whether they adhered to a strict Jewish religious law or whether it was based on their faith. And Paul is saying children of Abraham are those who uh, 
follow God based on faith, not the religious law, because Abraham himself was credited righteous not by his religious works, but by his faith. Verse 8, Scripture foresaw that God would justify the Gentiles by faith and announced the gospel in advance and announced the gospel in advance to Abraham. Quote, all nations will be blessed through you. So those who rely on faith are blessed along with Abraham, the man of faith. Paul just driving home the point that faith, it has always been faith. And that's, Paul makes a similar point in the book of Romans that um, salvation has always been by faith. It's never been, from the beginning of the book to the end of the book, it's never been by religious works. Yes, people did religious things, and some of which was commanded by God, but that's not what's ever saved anyone. What saved people was their faith, their trust in God. And those religious works came as a byproduct, came as an outflow of their faith. But the, the works didn't drive the ship. <laughs> they were the wake of the ship, right? So what, what drove the ship? Faith. What drives your life is faith. Will there be some good deeds and works that are in the wake of that? Sure. But the wake doesn't drive the boat. So you think about a boat. What's, the, what's driving the boat? The motor. What's the motor? Faith. The wake is the, is the, um, is the result. The, the motor and the, you know, the, the mass of the boat causes the wake. And so in your life, um, it's faith that saves us. It's faith that keeps us. It's faith that continues to save us. In the wake of a life that is saved, um, there will be good works. There will be works of righteousness. There will be the fruit of the Spirit. Uh, but again, the fruit of the Spirit or the works of righteousness don't save us. They're the byproduct of a saved life. So that's what Paul is driving home here. Same point he makes in, in uh, the book of Romans, that uh, we are, we're saved by grace, and we are saved by grace, and we are kept by grace. We began the race by grace. We're going to continue the race by grace. The race by grace. The grace race. Um, clearly, no one who relies... Um, let, me see, let me see. For all who rely on the works of the law are under a curse. As it is written... Curses everyone who does not continue to do everything written in the book of the law. So if you're going to live by the law, if you want to run that race, that means you've got to not just do some of the law, you've got to keep every uh, aspect of the law. Clearly, no one who relies on the law is justified before God because the righteous will live by faith. The curse lived under the law, the righteous will live by faith. So we, we live by faith, by trust. The law is not based on faith. On the contrary, it says the person who does, does these things will live by them. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, curses everyone who is hung on a pole or some translation says hung on a tree. He redeemed us, Jesus did, in order that the blessing given to Abraham might come to the Gentiles through Christ Jesus so that 
by faith we might receive the promise of the Spirit. Hmm. So Paul is saying, again, just like with every issue, right? Paul goes back to the gospel. He goes back to the central message and work of Jesus. So when he's talking about this, that we, are, we live by faith and not by works, that we are saved by faith, not by works, he goes back to the work of Jesus. And he goes back to the cross, and he says the whole reason Jesus gave his life on the cross was to deliver us from the curse of the law. The curse of the law. The curse of the law is that if you're going to live by the law, you got to keep all of it. And so that the so and since no one can do that, the end of the law is death. Remember, the purpose of the law was to reveal human sinfulness. It was to put parameters around human existence and human community and human well-being, but it basically was like an X-ray revealing sinfulness. It didn't solve any problems. It only revealed the problem. And so Jesus came and kept the law in its totality, offered his sinless, perfect life in our place so that we could be delivered from the curse of the law. He kept the law, and now by faith in him, our lives look as if we kept the law. (laughs) Our lives look perfect because of his righteousness. He redeemed us in order that the blessing given to Abraham might come to the Gentiles. What was the blessing given to Abraham? That uh, it was was credited to him as righteousness, his faith. So Jesus lived a righteous life in our place so that his righteousness could be applied to us. So that by faith we might receive the promise of the Spirit the same spirit that uh, Jews and Gentiles alike can now receive. Brothers and sisters, let me uh, take an example from everyday life. Just as one can set, aside, can set aside or add to a human covenant, just as no one, I'm sorry, I've totally read that wrong. Just as no one can set aside or add to a human covenant that has been duly established, so it is in this case. The promises were spoken to Abraham and to his seed. Scripture does not say, and to seeds, plural, meaning many people, but and to your seed, meaning one person who is Christ. So Paul is saying that uh, when the Lord said that the promises were spoken to Abraham and to his seed, he's saying what it means is that the promises to Abraham were to his seed, namely to Christ. Christ is the seed of Abraham. Not to just anybody, but to the seed of Abraham. What I mean is this, the law introduced 430 years later does not set aside the covenant previously established by God and thus do away with the promise. For if the inheritance depends on the law, then it no longer depends on the promise. But God in his grace gave it to Abraham through a promise. So the law came after the promise, right? The promise made to Abraham, um, you know, that. I'm going to bless you, going to make you a great nation, and from your seed, I'm going to um, uh, I'm going to bless many people from your seed. That promise came before the law. So if Abraham's righteousness was based on the law, 
it's impossible because the law, the, the law came 430 years after God had already made the promise. So righteousness was based on the promise, not the law. And Paul is, is, uh, is leaning on an argument about precedent here and, and basically uh, chronology, what came first. And in Jewish thought, things that come first are superior to things that come later. The older is superior to the younger. And so the promise of Abraham was first. And Abraham was considered righteous long before there was any law, which was 430 years later. <laughs> why then was the law given at all? Good question. If the promise was sufficient, why was the law given at all? It was added because of transgressions, because of sin, until the seed to whom the promise referred had come. So the law served a purpose of revealing sin until the time that the seed, the big, the big S, seed, Superman, seed, Jesus Christ came. That's what Paul is saying. So the, the law served a purpose, sort of, a, and he talks about this in other places, that the law was a sort of a tutor or a guardian, a guide that led eventually to Christ. But once the, once the, the, um, the reality comes once the uh, once the fullness comes. The tutor is no longer needed. Why was the law given? It was added because of transgressions until the seed to whom the promise referred had come. The law was given through angels and entrusted to a mediator. A mediator, however, implies more than one party, but God is one. Is the law, therefore, opposed to the promises of God? Absolutely not. For if a law had been given that could impart life, then righteousness would certainly have come by the law. But Scripture has locked up everything under the control of sin so that what was promised, being given through faith in Jesus Christ, might be given to those who believe. So the law is not opposed to the promises of God. It's just that the law is, is not possible. It, the, the law is not capable of imparting life. <laughs> the law did what the law could do, but the law never was able to impart life. What's in, what imparts life? Belief. Belief in Jesus. So the law did what the law was called to do. But it's a mistake to expect the law to provide something it can't. Again, Paul's going back to the, he's just trying to show over and over that works don't save us and works don't keep us. Um, keeping the law didn't save us, and keeping the law will not uh, keep us saved. It's belief. Before the coming of before before the coming of this faith, we were held in custody. Okay, so before Jesus came, we were held in custody under the law, locked up until the faith that was to come would be revealed. So you know we were just under the custody of the law. So the law was our guardian. Yeah, there we go. That's what we are just talking about. So the law was our guardian until Christ came, that, what, that we might be justified by faith. Now that this faith has come, we are no longer under a guardian. So he's talking about, he's talking about a con, like a contractual co type thing here, right? They talked about contracts early, earlier, like a human contract. Like a human contract can't be broken, right? And so just like... A, um, in parent um, minor relationships, right? A 
minors are assigned a guardian by contract. It can't be broken. This person is the guardian of this person, uh, of this minor. And so, and it can't be broken. And that guardian will be responsible for that, uh, that child. And so Paul is saying that's what the law was. The law was our guardian. It was responsible for guiding us until the time that the fullness um, of, the, of, the, of God's plan was revealed, which is Jesus. And when Jesus came, the guardian's responsibility was over. Before the coming of this face, we were held in custody under the law, locked up until the faith that was to come would be revealed. So the law was our guardian until Christ came, that we might be justified by faith. Now that this, now that this faith has come, we are no longer under a guardian. So in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. For all of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. Yeah, there is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor is there male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. Then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Yeah, awesome. So Paul's saying those that have been saved by faith uh, through Jesus, you are you are the heirs of the promise that was given to Abraham's seed. Which Abraham's seed is Christ. You are heirs and, uh, of, and recipients of the blessings of Christ. So you are uh, you're part of Abraham's seed. You're heirs of the promise. Yeah, good stuff, man. Great reminder today that we are not saved, nor are we kept saved by our good works. It's all by faith. We trust him. And um, yes, out of our lives will come good things. Absolutely. We, if, we, if we become more and more like Jesus and you know, Jesus is driving our boat, as it were, yeah, there's going to be a lot of good things that come out of our lives because a good, good tree bears good fruit. Has to, the Bible tells us, that a, a good tree must bear good fruit. A bad tree will bear bad fruit. So yes, when we're good tree, when we walk in, we're walking by faith, when we are truly Abraham's seed, there's going to be good things that come out of our lives. But the fruit doesn't the, the fruit doesn't sustain the tree. The roots sustain the tree that produced the fruit. And the, the root is faith. Faith in Jesus. Yeah. Awesome. All right, you guys. Hey, let's pray together. Thanks so much for being on today. Lord, thank you so much for the good news of your word. Thank you that we are by faith. Uh, recipients and uh, and share the inheritance of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for saving us, for redeeming us. Thank you that you save us by grace through faith. It's not of works, and so we don't have to earn our salvation, and we don't have to keep our salvation by works. So, God, I just pray for uh, freedom today for my friends. May they uh, walk in that that joy of knowing that they are saved completely and totally by you. Lord, thank you for this time together. God, help us today to bear good fruit um, as those who've been called out of darkness into your marvelous light. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, God bless you, my friends. Thank you so much for being on today. 
Hope you enjoyed today's reading through Galatians chapter 3. Tomorrow we'll be in Galatians 4. Uh, thank you for liking, subscribing uh, to this podcast. Thanks for jumping over to the YouTube channel and subscribing. Um, we're slowly building those subscriber lists, and as it gets bigger, then I'll be able to stream this live instead of uploading it later. But So thank you by uh, subscribing. You're helping me to, to get there. So you guys have a great day. We'll see you next time. Bye. Thank you for joining me on today's podcast. I hope you enjoyed the show. If this episode has been an encouragement to you, take a minute to subscribe or comment or share it with your friends. You can find me, Pastor Terry, and Bayside Church on all social media platforms. You can find Bayside at Bayside Church SH. Until next time, remember, God's word is true. Everything else is merely commentary. God bless you. We'll see you next time.